the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Play that song for the wedding? He did. Of course he did. I mean, it just goes to show you how something so bad can be so good for someone's career. Because Tiny Tim clearly made a lot of cash off that horrific song. Now, we're talking about the worst songs of all time. Now, every one of these songs has not made its songwriter or performer rich. Well, it may have contributed to that. I mean, I think most of them have brought in some cash. There's a few number one songs in this in this bunch. And the fact that they were ever number one songs could make you despair for humanity. Well, it just speaks to the times and how maybe we've progressed or not. Okay, so we were just sitting around and talking about songs that make our skin crawl. Mm -hmm. The song that you cannot get out of your head. Which is surprising because oftentimes when you see this list or hear some of these clips, these songs are still regularly played on the radio. Right, because you think that you and I and Mike are from different generations. And yet, I think we've all united in hatred for these particular (laughs) songs. I mean, am I right about that, Mike? They're horrible. (laughs) They are, they are pretty they, awful. They are so terrible. So when I think of someone like John Travolta, of, <laughs> of course, I think of you're the one that I want. You know, I think of the Grease soundtrack. Sure. That's the first thing I think yeah, of, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, this submission was a surprise to me. I, I really was not – like this song was not in – Did you know the song? I knew the song, but I had forgotten it existed. Maybe I was just trying to block it out. Mm-hmm. Did he ever get a recording contract? He was a big star. I mean, he, she was a gigantic star. He really is a bad singer. 1976. That okay, so was, this uh, was after Grease? No, this was, um, I mean, what? Welcome Back Cotter. Okay, so this was the Welcome Back Cotter era pre Grease. Yes. Okay, he's, this was the gulf between the two. He's terrible. Yeah, he's not great. He did great in, uh, in the in the Grease album. He did. I don't think he did great. Come on, I've he did always good. thought that that was really overrated. A lot better than Janice Ian. What Jan- Janice Ian? Or, uh, Janice. She was not <laughs> Janice Ian was not in Greece. She was not in Greece. <laughs> I'm sorry, not a lot better than uh, Olivia the, Newton-John. No, I was, what I was trying to say was, if you let me finish. Uh, John, Trav- this album, whatever yes. a letter in was, yeah, was horrible. No kidding. But he sounded, he didn't even, I don't even, this doesn't even sound like him. Oh, it does. I would not have known. It was no, really? Like, I mean, if they played it blind, but this is, you know what, you, there's some trace but, of Vinnie Barbarino in there. But this compared to Grease, I, I, it doesn't gonna sound like him at all. In. Anyway, that's a pretty bad song. That's a terrible song. Yeah. John Travolta, yeah. gonna let her in. Mm-hmm. All right, okay, well, look, uh, you, you said the name, you said Janice Ian. Yeah. 
Um, now, if you said to me yesterday, well, what about Janice Ian? And I said, who's Janice Ian? You would not know. Did no. you not know this song? No. Now, he, I, I knew the song, but I would never have known her name. Oh, really? Uh, I have a confession to make. I own the album. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> we all play the game when we dare to cheat ourselves. It's all a tear. Inventing lovers on the phone. Repenting other lives unknown. Inventing lovers on the phone. It's like Herb Alpert in the background. Herb Bacharach. <laughs> no, this has to be a bar of five. Yeah, 1975, August, Janice Ian. At 17, I mean, it's every, you know, kid who stays home alone. This sort of the outsider vibe. It, no, it's not every kid who stays at home. Oh, yeah, no, sure it is. No, no, yeah. what, no, I don't know one 17-year-old who would have written that and thought those things. Well, no, no, that's not true. Oh, I do. No, I don't think that's true. Inventing lovers on the phone? Well, yes, of course. I don't think. Because you're alone on a Friday night and you think everybody else is out there having fun. So I'm just going to sit around and you know pretend that someone cares for me on the phone waiting for me. It's of so course. overblown. Listen, I'm not trying to defend the song. I'm just saying. You I, had the I, I, album. I Did understand you buy the mindset. It? I don't remember. <laughs> but I do know that I, when I see the album cover, I go, oh, Okay, I, now I let me guess. Album. Let me guess. Did Janice Ian look like. Now I'm just thinking, I've never seen her. You've never? No, I'm not, no, no, don't show me what she looks like. Okay, right. I want to say that based on this song and hearing her sing it, she sounds like she was about 5'3 <laughs> and 86 pounds. That's, and she had long, straight, blonde hair and had an air of desperation about her. Well, the, the body type was right. Uh, the long, straight, blonde hair, no. Mm-hmm. It was more like a, a, a frizzy mop. Oh, really? But mm-hmm. is there still an air of desperation? Well, look, I mean, clearly the, the, the lyrics describe that very cutely. So she understood that. Mm-hmm. I, I remember reading about it and thinking, you know, uh, this is her life in high school. And her talent, of course, was, was able to enable her to have a career. She's still around. She didn't have a career. Would you say she had a career? She had a big She ca- had a song. No, no, no. Janice Ian had a career. No, a, a career. So she had other songs? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That were as terrible as this one. Well, maybe not as terrible. But yeah, yeah Janice Ian had a career. I, I bet gotta- you- Many listeners are probably nod their heads. I don't well, think many listeners met. are a nodding few. their heads. I think there might be half of a listener who says, I think I may have heard of Janet. Yeah, yeah. She yeah. got a funny text from uh, our, our GM. Yeah, what did he say? Brad. He says, yeah. apparently it was John Hall at 17. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, there was some truth to that. I mean, for every sort of outlier and loser, you can identify and go, yeah, ouch, yeah, yeah at okay. 17. Okay, speaking of an outlier, I want to jump ahead, Mike, and I want you to uh, bring up my friend Helen Ready. Now, here's, here's... Oh, this is the same era. This is the same era, which is what made me think of it. Um, this... Now, Helen Reddy went through the stage where she was defending her gender so deeply that she didn't cut her hair or wear makeup. Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah. And, and this was big. I mean, this is, you consider the, the women's rights movement, right? Women's lib. Right. And this became the anthem for that. Which is such a shame. The song, of course. Nineteen seventy-two. 
this song made its debut. That is unbearable. Like, if I could never hear that song again after this moment. This song became an anthem for okay, a generation. Th- now, from the very start, this came out when I was an incredibly small child. Yeah. Even at that age, I don't know, I was three years old or what, something. What, you used like to mock that. this at three? Yeah, I thought to myself, at, at my earliest remembrances of this song, I remember her singing it on solid gold. <laughs> yeah. Okay? Yeah. It. She's talking about, I am strong. Yeah. I am invincible. Okay? Her singing is so, like, ridiculously weak and, like, namby-pamby. It's like she doesn't... It's like Helen Reddy was a big star. Her singing is... Oh, that sounds terrible. ...so lame that I can't believe anyone ever paired her voice with those words. This is the only time in the history of radio that a male host, he um, (laughs) stands up for Janice Ian and Helen Reddy. (laughs) I'm just trying to box you in. I mean, what the heck? Okay, wait. I'm reading about Helen Reddy earlier today. Yeah. Her first hit... I don't know how to love him. Great. Do you know that song? I, I, I probably would remember. I think that's it from Jesus Christ it. Superstar. Another song uh, wrote about John Hall. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. Oh, I see. We're making a dark turn here. I am woman is atrocious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a pretty, it's it really a should song. never yeah. be played. But it was an anthem for a lot of women, Kathy, wasn't it? You mentioned uh, uh, when you were something something about when you were little. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys ever rode this ride when you were little, but it's a ride from Disneyland. Oh. Oh, I know exactly what this is. Are you ready? Yeah. yeah go I don't ahead. Know. This is a- Isn't it the worst? That's evil. It is evil. I've been to Disney World, Disneyland one time. Mm-hmm. And this was like uh Early, like late late 70s, early 80s, they played this thing ad nauseum. I wonder if they still do. Yeah, oh, when they you, still do. Yeah. When you're waiting in line for that ride, uh-huh. yeah. right? There That's all they play. All you, hear. you want to shoot yourself. Now, is that a Disney song? Was yeah. it written a Disney for a Disney movie? I don't know what movie. Like, where did that? Was think. it written for the ride? I don't know. No, no, it wasn't. No. Maybe it was. No, I don't think so. It's a terrible song. Well, I mean, it wasn't that bad of a song. I mean, it, it's not that bad of a song. But it, who are you, and <laughs> wh- wh- how can you not think it's a small world is about the, the, Who am I? I'm best friends with Janice Ian and Helen Reddy. It's the worst songs of all time. It's a small world after all. It's I a, mean, yeah, it's terrible. Uh, I, it's absolutely terrible. But it's actually the exact same idea, the exact same idea as John Lennon. Wait, 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 wait. It is. It's the same idea. Wait. So imagine. I think that I might rather hear "I Am Woman" by Helen Reddy than well, listen. Just because of the unbelievable emotional bloviation in that song. Don't you know? You, of course, you know this. For a lot of people, this is like the all-time favorite song. Yeah, all-time favorite. Yeah. I if I was doing this list on my own without the input of you guys and the rest of our listening audience, I would have put that number one on the really, list really? because I you do despise detest that song. it so very, very deeply. It is so obtuse. Very poor theology. It is theology. 
it's like preschool level philosophy mm-hmm. and understanding of religion. But the funny thing is, the culture would say that's deep stuff. Oh, I mean that's deep. Which tells you right? how vacant our understanding is. I mean, people would say, oh, I love it's that. It's the song. absolute. I mean, there's right. no the countries. Fact, the there's fact no war. That it be, oh yeah, that's all we need to right? do. And, religion, and no religion. And we religion's don't need religion. all the cause of that. Right. right. Religion's all the cause of all the negative things in the whole world. I know oh, people love oh, that yeah. song. Right. It's funny. John John Lennon goes through these cycles of relevance, and he's back again with a, a relevant cycle. I saw yeah. something the other day that this, was talking about John Lennon and Yoko Ono, how she infused the imagined worldview into his life. Of course she did. Of course she did. Mm-hmm. It only points to how narcissistic we all are, yeah. that anyone would listen to that song and think, you know what? That really means something to me. Right. Well, it, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Can, like, what kind of real world behavior did he ever actually observe that caused him to write that song? Well, there may be some LSD involved. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> right. I'm just saying. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. So we've been way, we've been sort of back in the 60s and 70s. Let's uh, sort of upgrade. How about, um, uh, oh, how about uh, some John Mayer? <laughs> you So somebody told him at some point that is a good title for that song. My guess is whether he's married or not, he was, you know. Oh, well, if he's married or not, I don't think. He's not married. I don't he's know. not married. I, I, he, if he's again, married, he's married very unhappily. He's one point. of the guys, you know, if I fell over him, I wouldn't know who he was. But but someone said that at some point. Somebody said, hey, John, your body is a wonderland. Maybe. And he said, wow, I should write a song about That's that. That's pretty much it. <laughs> Is that is that the only lyric in the song? That's the only one that I've ever paid any attention to because it's so shockingly terrible. Yeah. Well, it's probably like, you know, a favorite song of amorous couples. Yeah. That's the only reason right? that the song exists. I would say. Okay. Hey, uh, we need to take a, a quick break. There's so much more ahead, you guys. You're going to love it. Yeah. Well, listen, if you want to chime in. Well, if you want to chime in, please find us on Facebook or Twitter. 800-320-8255 if you've got a, a favorite bad song as well we should be aware of because we've got much more ahead we're going to play bad songs probably until the end of the show oh we're definitely playing bad songs so stick around okay mike you got a bad song to take us out yeah okay good all right oh no it's bad it's real bad Is it me, or is that the worst sound you ever heard in your life? Oh, that is nasty. Oh, no, it's bad. It's real bad. All right, so we're talking about the worst songs ever recorded. Now, believe me, how many millions and millions and millions of songs have been recorded? So these are sort of like the mainstream worst recorded songs. This is how I feel. We've culled this list. That we're presenting to you yeah. from an admirable pool of wretched recordings. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt about that. But th- there's a couple of times here we'll go totally off a of left field that songs would never have appeared uh, on any major record label. Right. There is one in particular mm-hmm. that would never have appeared. On- you know why? Because the record label had standards. Yeah, right. Uh, albeit as low as they are to allow these songs that we're talking about to get on the air. And this next song was a gigantic hit, so much so that wasn't this also the Hands Across America song? Oh, I don't know. Um, I I don't know. I do know that this song was Mm -hmm. 
to me, this song was sort of like the first marker of charity songs. Right, the the pretentious entertainer. Right, that there were a, a zillion sort of A-plus, A-plus people that we loved, yeah. and they all banded together for a good cause and then wrote a special song. And then felt good about themselves. Right, and then we bought it and they played it on the radio ad nauseum. This is the song. Nineteen eighty-five, uh, originally for um, the charity single, right uh, for African Relief. It was mm-hmm. written by uh, Lionel Richie and Michael Jackson, produced by Quincy Jones and Michael Omardian. You know that song? You know that name? Uh, Michael Omardian, yes, yeah, Stormy Omardian's husband. No, Michael Omardian was a a big Christian. First, he was a yeah, those Stormy's oh, husband. Okay. Right, yeah. so he's a big record producer. Mm-hmm. Right, he was a big record producer, and that's still a terrible song. Yeah, it, it I is. believe that we sang that when we were doing Hands Across America. Really? Wait, I think you, so. wait, 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 wait. <laughs> hold on. We sang that when we were doing Hands Across America. Wait, we did not sing it because we did not do Hands Across America. Are you saying that mm-hmm. Kathy Emmons sang it when she was doing? Hands Across America. Yeah, I think that would probably be a more accurate rendering. <laughs> you did Hands Across I did. America. Me and my friend Joanne. Really? Yeah. Where did you stand? Uh, we were downtown. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> we were downtown. Really? And we uh, and I. Oh, so it's pretty. Like you didn't have to go like go to you know to Nevada somewhere in the well, desert. We were trusting the people in Nevada to be there. So people stood downtown and held hands. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> <That is> nasty. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. You were where downtown? Uh, Holding I, hands with him? I believe we were somewhere, uh, like, not in, like, on the on the farthest reaches of Point State Park. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, that oh, sounds terrible. I'd have paid to see that. I really would have. <laughs> wish you had a photo. And I think we were singing, it's true, we'll make a better day, just you and me. Mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds terrible. Yeah, I think so, that's what we were. Yeah. So the Hands Across America was, what, what was the purpose of that? I don't really remember. No, I think but, it was to show the unity of the human person. Okay, but you were committed to it. You were. It's so beautiful. All right. I mean, we need things like that. Do we? Well, I mean, decades after the fact, probably not. Okay. All right. Um, speaking of the city, mm-hmm. uh, this song, the uh, – is it? The Jefferson Starship. Yeah. Now, this song, it surprises me it's Jefferson Starship because it doesn't sound to me like What well, was Jefferson. Jefferson Airplane? This is the earlier incarnation. This was their later incarnation. Okay. So here's another bad song. Oh. Uh, oh. Uh. Yeah. That's just great. That sounds to me like corporate excess rock. Like it is as vapid as vapid can be. Is there anything in there that's musical? It doesn't seem like they're playing actual instruments. I, exactly. <laughs> it's like It's super, all electronic right. kind of dings and lings. You know you're going to think I'm crazy, but I kind of like it. No. Uh, uh, no. I, Mike. I really do. Really do. I don't think it's that bad. Oh, I think it's horrible. I think it's so horrible, and it has these just the whatever 
realm, whatever audio realm those little keyboard sounds are in. Yeah, what is that? That's very irritating to me. Little stingers or something, right? I don't know what it is, yeah. but I, I, I find it upsetting. We built Plus, the city. Mike, I have to say, you yeah. were... You know, like just born at the time that this was on the radio. Mm-hmm. Like every hour it was played. Am I exaggerating? Oh, yeah. That? This is I a mean, big, it was, big it hit. It was killed beyond measure. Because every city wanted to believe that they were the city that built rock and roll. Of course, they weren't. But, you know. Who was it? Who built rock and roll? Yeah. Detroit. Detroit or Cleveland. Yeah. You can both make a claim to that. Yeah, I'd yeah. go with Detroit. Yeah, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't Pittsburgh. It wasn't Newcastle. It wasn't Aliquippa. But everybody, hey, that's us. Anyway, okay, uh, I have to put this in because this goes back to an, to another era because we don't want to run out of time. This one's that important. To me, it is because I quite honestly know like Mike is kind of leaning into We Built This City. I actually like this song and oftentimes I would sing this song. However, the sad fact of the matter is it's the best song ever recorded about cannibalism. No, Mike, that's not no. cannibalism. What are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I don't know what song you're talking about. Timothy. Timothy. Yeah, man. I mean, don't that's you have... A, what? That's about cannibal... Ca- cannibalism? Yeah. That's exactly what no, I said. Please, please bring it up, Mike. You have it? Timothy, Timothy, where are Oh, yeah. That's That's a great song. What is he saying? Timothy, Timothy, where on earth did you go? Timothy, Timothy, God, why don't I know? So the story is, apparently in the song, which was written by Rupert Murdoch. You know Rupert Murdoch. Yes. If you like pina coladas and... No, no, no. That's not Rupert uh, Murdoch. I'm not Rupert Murdoch. No, wait, 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 Rupert Murdoch. Wait. (laughs) Rupert Murdoch. (laughs) What? He's a songwriter? (laughs) And Fox News? Rupert Murdoch. Wait, wait. Rupert Holmes. Yeah. <laughs> Holy heck. My apologies to Rupert Murdoch. Okay, Rupert Murdoch. <laughs> Rupert Holmes. Was he the Pina Colada song? Yeah, if you like Pina Coladas getting right. caught in the rain, which almost made this list, by the way. And he had a huge impact on Broadway, The Mystery of Edwin Drood. Remember that musical? Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. I didn't know that it's was the him. first musical I ever I was ever in. The Mystery of Edwin Drood. Yeah, I okay. love that. It. All right, so this it. song, Timothy, Timothy, yeah. it's the story of three guys who are trapped in a mine. And as if you read the lyrics, you know, the, the three guys are there together and the one guy, Joe, is making eyes at Timothy and they share a little sip of water. And then the, the author of the song, who remains unidentified, he apparently, uh, by his own words, blacks out. But when he wakes up, he's got a full stomach and he's being rescued. That's so creepy. It's a really, it's a really weird song. That so That's really weird. Timothy, Timothy. He would sell his soul for just a piece of meat. That's the opening line of the song. Yeah. This was on the radio? Oh, yeah. It was a hit. It was not a it hit. It was a hit. I'm telling you. The Cannibal song was a hit. I like the song. It's, is, it, is it not catchy? No, it's, it's about... No! You didn't even know. But it still is a nice little sort of you know catchy flow to it. Oh, Mike, want to go to the phones? 800-320-8255. Oh 800-320-8255. Are you sure that's what it's about? I have no doubt. Believe me. Look it up. Okay, take a break. Be back in a few minutes. We're talking about the worst songs of all time, not written by Rupert Murdoch.
Is it me or is that the worst sound you ever heard in your life? Okay, so we're talking about the worst songs ever recorded. Lots of nominations. Yes, so many and so little time. Right. 800-320-8255. You want to chime in as well, but we're just playing, you know, not the hits. We're playing the anti-hits. Let's go to the phones. <laughs> Noah, you're with us today. Uh, what are your thoughts on the worst song ever? Um, the worst song, I think, is Benny and the Jets by Elton John. Every time it comes on the radio, I, every time it comes on, I change the station, shut the radio off. I don't know. I, I liked it the very first time I heard it, and the second time, it just made my ears bleed. All right. All right. Great. I, I kind of like the song, no. actually. Right? I'm not an Elton John fan. Oh, I am. I like the song. Yeah. Mike, what do you think? This is one of my favorite Elton John songs. I don't think, it, I'd say it's far from the worst song, but you know, different yeah. strokes for different folks, okay, right? Okay, Noah. I mean, we honor Noah for his perspective, even though we all think it's but completely wrong. I can't understand how annoying it can get. Of course. Yeah. It could yeah. get annoying. Yeah. Okay, so we've been sort of delving into these songs that are deeply emotional songs, right? Because I mean, they're so ridiculous. There's a lot of feelings to these songs, right? <laughs> yeah, there are a lot. Like this song. Yeah. I wandering piano player in the background you know what that sounds like someone alone with a bottle of cabernet (laughs) or lake country red (laughs) right i mean because here's the here the uh, the words are feelings whoa 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 Mm -hmm. feelings Mm -hmm. whoa 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 Mm -hmm. feelings whoa whoa the same guy that told john mayer your body is a wonderland is a good title Mm -hmm. i think helped morris albert with this one (laughs) right Okay. Uh, That's a terrible song. All right, so I brought, up, I brought up bread the other day. Oh. Uh, because I, yesterday, maybe it was yesterday, um, I, I do believe that bread is the single most Caucasian band in history. And I said they, I was a fan. They could not be whiter. There's no possible linkage between any of this music and any type of soul or blues whatsoever. <laughs> right. And this one doesn't even really make any sense. Right. Like grammatically, it doesn't make any sense. Because baby, baby, I'm going to want you mm-hmm. is that bread thing that, right. which I, I again, I, did I you have, have. Did you have this album? I have this album. Baby, I'm going to want you. Baby, I'm need you. You're the only one I care enough to hurt about. Maybe I'm a crazy, but I just can't live without your love and affection. Giving me I don't understand it. I would imagine like of the era... This may have been a lot of newlyweds' first dance. I, I'm just saying. Okay, that's very, very sad. I think that's, that why may is, have been. Why is he saying it like that? Baby, I'm a want you. What does that even... What don't do you mean, that, baby, I'm a want you? That's lame. No, it's not. That's lame. Bread it's kind of like a sort of a... Maybe it's a precursor to bread the country thing. You know, somebody put on our Facebook page yesterday, Hey, Kathy, until you started talking about bread yesterday, I didn't realize how much I liked them. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so great. So in my railing against them, I'm now building up fans. Right, right. Okay, one of the songs that I used to love to mock as a kid was um, Dan. I think his name is Dan Hill. Sometimes um, right? <laughs> this song to mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. is sort of like over the top. Uh, again, there's a bottle of Cabernet involved here. <laughs> Sometimes when we turn, the honesty is too much. 
Yes, you did. Oh, this is Rico Suave. Suave. Oh, this is horrific, isn't it? <laughs> Rico. Suave. That's about it. That's the whole song. Rico. Suave. I think that's how John Mayer saw himself. Like, that was his as self-image as he was writing Your Body's a Wonderland. Could be, yeah, yeah. I think that's what it was. Right, did you find those theology songs, Mike? Are those anywhere near you? What is muskrat love? Because there's no theology. That's not that. No, that's a song that strangely includes animals. Is that Helen Reddy again? No, that's the Captain and Tennille. Oh, they sound similar to me. I understand. The Captain. Captain passed away recently. Uh, yes, he did. The Captain yeah. and Tennille. All right. All right, well, let's take a break and let's come back and do our top three. Okay, we still got some chunks ahead. Yeah, we sure do. All right, stick around. It's the Ride Home with John and Kathy. Mike, uh, take us out with something that's absolutely deliciously horrible. Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend. Jesus That's catchy. Is a friend of mine. That's catchy. He taught me how to live my life as it should be. I didn't. I never heard that until today. I still can't believe that's real. Yeah. I mean, there's sort of a subgenre of contemporary Christian music. No, that is not in any genre. Oh, that is. No. Listen. That was in someone's CD collection, and they love that song. You know it. Who's the band? Sunseed. Very nice. Which is 
Jesus. Such a horrible group. It's name. online. Look at YouTube, and there's it's like a family. It's mom and dad. Everyone's moving together. It's great choreography. It's horrible. Okay, so we've got our top three songs. Yeah, we've decided top three bad songs of yeah, all time. Yeah, I feel I feel like number three, one of the uh, great composers, I would say, of pop music in the seventies and eighties. Yeah, but he's taking far too much credit. Here it is. I write the songs that make the whole world sing. I write the songs of love and special things. I write the songs that make the young girls cry. I write the songs, I write the songs. He sounds like he's had a few ambience. That's not the same Doesn't key. Doesn't he? Is that no, Barry no. Manilow? That's Barry Manilow. He's singing in a different key than it the original. It sounds like, again, <laughs> Cabernet and maybe an Ambien mixed in. I mean, just, he did not sound at his prime. That may have been Barry like last week somewhere, you, you know. In, uh, uh, and our number two song. Number two. Gonna find my baby, gonna hold her tight, gonna grab some afternoon delight. Oh my God. My motto's always been when it's right, it's right. Why wait until the middle of a cold, dark night? When That's horrible. I, I just hate the sound of it. Yeah. I hate the sound what of it. What year is that song? Because, I mean, what are you talking about? This is a great song. This is a horrific this is a song. Absolutely awful. And the words. What is that? <laughs> He's working up an appetite. Seriously. This is a family show. Let's just stop that okay, right now. Okay, but the number one song, what we think, the three of us think, is the worst song of all time yeah. ever recorded. Unanimous. You're having my baby. What a lovely way of saying how much you love me. Having my baby. What a lovely way of saying what you're thinking of. Okay, that's Paul Anka, which was a number one song for Paul Anka. Never, never have I heard a more tasteless, awkward, embarrassing song. That was a number one song. That is absolute bottom of the barrel. Hey, I'm thinking of you. How so? I'm having you, baby. Oh, okay, cool. All right. I mean, it was a big hit. Paul Anka. It's... Everything terrible about songwriting. It just goes to show how the times have changed. I mean, that song would would be derided today. I'm deriding it now. Again, there's something to it. I, you know, it's a little slice of cheese, but it's one of those earworm songs that stick in you. Hey, thanks for being with us on the ride home. Have a great night. The ride home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.